I wanted to talk a little bit this afternoon before we sit quietly and do some contemplative practice together. I wanted to say a few more things about the relationship of all the Brahma-viharas, one to another, as I see it anyway. I was thinking about a line that I uh, once read some years ago where uh, someone, uh, actually a a minister, a Christian minister talking about uh, mindfulness practice and its relationship to compassion. And he was saying that, he said, every moment of mindfulness is an act of compassion towards yourself. And I really thought about that a lot. I, I thought, really, that's the wisdom that is so basic to what the Buddha understood, that life is complicated and full of, as Larry said last night, the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 woes. And uh, the best we can do, we can't avoid pain in this lifetime, but we cannot make it worse with stories and with uh, opinions about what's happening, to be able to say, this is what's happening right now, which is what mindfulness is. This is what's happening. This event, this feeling, this diagnosis, this piece of news, whatever it was, this is what's happening. And not make it complicated is an act of compassion. We don't make anything worse than what it is or more difficult than what it is. It's just what it is. I wonder what's going to happen next is a formula that I like to use very much for equanimity. And I think of equanimity very much when I think about wisdom, which is the point of this practice. I've made a formula for um, uh, practice in general. We're paying attention in order to have insights from which we'll really see more and more the truth of the causes of suffering and the end of suffering. When we get that clearly enough, we'll be transformed so that we'll uh, come to a place of equanimity about what happens. It doesn't mean that our minds are going to be all blah about everything and there'll be no happy times and we won't rejoice or there won't be times that we cry. I, I think of myself that my emotional range is way bigger now than it was 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Not so afraid of feeling, but that it's bigger and it's steadier. And one of the things that the steadier is derived from is the wisdom that's holding it up, the wisdom that really supports equanimity. Everything's always changing, things happen. Everything that arises passes away. Lives begin and end, sometimes earlier than one would have hoped. Accidents happen. Things happen. Who knows why all the things happen? That the causes of uh, any moment are the whole of history. That uh, one of the things that the Buddha said was uh, uh, there are certain things that are imponderable, like karma. Everything goes into this moment. That we're all here as a result of everything that ever happened to us in our lives and actually to the worlds around us. I think it was Larry who talked about proximal and distal. There are events that we can say this happened. 
well, this person now has uh, lung cancer because they smoked cigarettes. But maybe. I have a friend who has lung cancer who never smoked cigarettes. There's a genre of lung cancer that has a gene for it. And there's special treatments for people with that gene. So that's not that doesn't work. And if she had smoked, probably it would have been because her parents had, or she was around people who were. You know, the causes are back, 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 back. It's a great relief to realize that everything causes this moment, and this moment will be a part of everything in the future. It contributes a lot to equanimity, and it relieves the mind of personal guilt. We can feel responsible and act differently without carrying guilt. But in that same way, I have a feeling that uh, to be mindful is to be compassionate. To have wisdom is to be compassionate. Because to have wisdom really, really implies that we've remembered that everybody's doing the best they can. And nobody's responsible for what they have. It's come about. And that these things happen the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 woes. There was also another part in Larry's talk last night where he was uh, reading that um, part from um, Abraham Verghese where this person in really dire and desperate straits was telling about his situation and which really was really tremendously grievous. And at the end, he said, I'm so sorry. Didn't you, when you heard that, didn't you feel that in your body? Didn't you feel both also so sorry for that person? And I also felt so glad that Vervagesi had known to say that, or had felt to say that, or felt motive, you know, that it came out of him because it put me in touch with the fact that we feel for other people. We don't have to try to feel. If we're not confused, we feel for other people. Maybe it was Larry, maybe it was Sally, somebody in the last couple of days. Maybe I think it was Larry who said last night, mention the names of people who you're thinking about. And I, I find that always tremendously moving because even though I can't hear what people are saying, or I don't know who the people are, I know that somewhere people are feeling about other people. And I find it very, very, um, it warms my heart to feel that we're all here together whispering prayers into the air and feeling good because people hear them. To be in touch with the awareness that there's a great deal of suffering, just that's part of human existence. So there are a few more things to say. I think that the mindfulness practice and the, uh, the uh, idea of saying particular blessings for people, somewhat modeled after the wish for safety and health or strength or happiness or joy or peace, all the ways that you've thought of to formulate them, are rubrics that you've made up because that's what you would like to have. And more or less, that's what everybody wants to have. And then we share those basic desires. And I think that the um, uh, zeal to bless people by saying those phrases, either out loud or in our mind, or 
telling them to people in person, or feeling them as we think them when we're here, is at the same time of, of being an expression of loving kindness, it's an expression of wisdom that when life is just what it is, what we wish for people are all those antidotes to being feeling unsafe or unhealthy or without joy or without peace because that's what we like. So it's as if it's saying, because I realize that the first noble truth is true and life is full of challenges that often confuse the mind and lead to suffering. I will wish to everybody, whether I know them or I don't know them, may you be well. It's really, a, it's not, it, it's quite the opposite of an arbitrary Hallmark card. It's an expression of wisdom. And I think that compassion and uh, 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 empathic joy are also an expression of wisdom also couched in equanimity that keeps the wisdom available. Larry said last night that um, compassion is the quivering of the heart when it comes into contact with suffering. I think that's a lovely poetic way of saying just that when we heard about Dr. Verghese talking to this person, we felt moved by it. When you read a newspaper and you see a story of um, an earthquake or a bombing or a, um, an attack somewhere, you see pictures. You don't need to even be able to read the language. It could be in a foreign language, the, the, the newspaper headlines. But you see people with agonized faces. And you, the heart leaps up. You get notice, You notice it. Even you don't know what. Before you know what. You know, these people are in pain. And we'll come up to it in a few days, but just to mention this, because they really all fit together, that when we see pictures of, uh, oh, people winning at Wimbledon, or and with arms up in the air, or people coming across the finish line in the Tour de France with their arms up in the air, and you look at their faces, and they're so excited. And you never actually played tennis in your life, or you didn't, you don't do bicycle racing, but you see them being so happy. The heart jumps up if it's available to jump, if it's not preoccupied with its own stuff. So, really, what I think about in all this practice is the practice of preserving through a spacious, steadfast intention and attention enough equanimity to support the wisdom that says life is like this, 10,000 joys and 10,000 woes. May I meet them with a steady heart and mind so that I'll be available to address them. I think that's what these practices are all about. So I'll tell you that there are formulaic constructions uh, that sometimes you can find in a text that you use just as the metaphrases, if you're saying a set of phrases or blessings, are a formula that you can say over and over again. 
I don't so much, and I do use meta phrases. I, I don't know, millions, not billions of times, but a lot, a lot of times in my life, singing them over and over again because I like, I like the feeling of how they create a certain amount of equanimity in my mind and in my body, a certain amount of composure, a poise. I don't so much say the phrases in a formula way like, I feel your pain. But I think when I look at a newspaper and I feel, that's what it means. I do feel the pain. So I want to talk about two kinds of uh, responses. I look at the newspaper and I see something has happened and maybe it's even in a place that I know or maybe even people that I know. And I think, and I'm really startled. I, in that moment, am in pain by the startle. And I say to myself, sweetheart, take a breath. Take a breath. Take another breath. You're all right. Now look at it again. Now we'll figure out what we should do. And then I'm available for there. I'm just really suggesting that because when I'm in a minute, I'm going to say, think of somebody in a difficult situation. And I really think that the ability to wholeheartedly be relaxed enough for your wholehearted compassion to be available, that there needs to be at least a momentary acknowledgement of one's own startle and one's own dismay. Okay, sweetheart, take a breath. Take another breath. May you be well. You can do this. You'll be all right. Now think about what to do. Then you think about the person or the persons and what can I do. And sometimes you can do something. Sometimes it's a friend. You can call. You can see what's needed. I was on an airplane once. Go back to the airplanes again. <laughs> I was on a transatlantic flight and someone died. They do sometimes because it's 400 people on those big planes and it's a long flight and the chances are someone will die sometime. Uh, and so you knew about it because you knew about it because they made an announcement on the public address for uh, any medical personnel, physicians to come forward. And uh, because my husband is a physician, he went forward. But the person was already dead. But he was gone for a long time, being with the crew and the family. And uh, and the flight went, and you could tell, by the way, that, that it happened because not only did they make the announcement, but the little icon on the map turned back because they were going to land somewhere. And then the little icon on the map turned back westward again. So it was probably so that the person had died. So I sat there for a while and I thought, and some considerable time went by uh, before Seymour came back. And uh, people were eating their lunch and reading and doing stuff. And I, th- you know, I thought, you know, this is just like life. People die here and there. You know, for the people who were in the plane somewhere who had been traveling with this person, it wasn't normal. But for everybody else, I thought, what should I do? I don't feel like eating particularly, and I'm not feeling like reading. And then I sat and I thought about the people who were flying there, the people accompanying this person. May you feel able to deal with this. May you be all right. May you be comforted. May you have people who will take care of you when you land. 
may remember this person and what what he or she meant to you. And as I'm sitting and doing that, I don't know that they felt what I was thinking, but I felt what I was thinking. And it was a, a really, in, in the end, when I think back on it, it's an important lesson for me to have learned about that we have two possibilities, at least when something really hard to look at or think about, you could be in the middle of a trip and, and, somebody, and somebody dies that you're with. I also thought about what it was me. Well, what if it was my partner who died just all of a sudden? Because always we think that could have been me. And it's actually important to think that because I think in the long run it could have been us. And I think all of the awarenesses that people die, that we realize, are one more, um, one more confirmation of not spending any moment of your life, not mortgaging away any moment of your life being mad at anybody. You don't have that many moments. It's really another, really uh, so clear affirmation of the only thing that's safe to do is to love. Even if you don't like, really. Even if you don't like. To not to carry a heart of anger and resentments, grudges. And there are some kinds of compassion that aren't so, that can, can present themselves that aren't so startling. So I'll tell you the other one and then we'll sit for a little bit. I have a friend who's 98 years old and um, lives in the county and uh, I know her because we went to lots of opera together. She's been the most dedicated opera goer. Anyway, she has world records and numbers of Wagner operas seen. Um, and she's very knowledgeable about that. And until last year, she was traveling all over the world seeing Wagner operas. And now she's suddenly, as a result of some illnesses this year, not able to leave home and not able very much to leave her bed and in a lot of pain most of the time and on a lot of drugs for the pain. And when I visit her, I am, uh, I'm really at ease. I don't need to think about not startling. You know, it's, it's probably her time pretty soon. I don't know when, sometime soon. I feel really um, moved about the degree of her pain. So I like to visit her and sit with her and touch her and talk to her and remember operas that we saw together. And I am really hoping all the time that these months of passage for her will be easy. One of the things that I do say as a phrase when I'm thinking about somebody in difficulty, if I were to put it in phrase, in, in formal phrases, I'd be thinking, I really feel, well, like Borghese, I'm sorry you're in pain. And I hope your pain doesn't last too long or become too difficult. Everything that arises passes away. This is also going to pass away. May it pass soon. May it pass with the least bit of distress that you need to have. And I love you. That's what I might be thinking when I'm sitting with people like that. Not frightened about it because 
That's what happens in life. We live and then we don't. Maybe I couldn't do it with everybody. Maybe I can do it with this friend because she's very, very old and she's not my kin. I don't know how it would be with kin. I have the great good fortune of not having to do it with other than my parents. which is a good fortune. But I'm practicing on my friends who are, as I get older, getting sick more regularly and dying more regularly. I'm beginning to think that the spiritual practice of old age is accompanying other people that will just visit each other until the end. But I hope that what I've made clear is that it's really important to bring to mind people who... Um, people who you know are in distress right now, situations that distress you in the world. If I think about some distressful situation in the world and I'm about to feel angry, maybe, about what I think people are doing to cause that, I like to be able to say, take a breath, sweetheart, you know, this is terrible. Just take a breath, take another breath. May I feel okay. May I do something to make a difference. May all these people who are suffering now or in pain now as a result of this, may they not suffer too much. That all I can do is keep my mind clear so that I'll behave the way I'd like to in the world. I hope that makes sense to you. Does all of that make sense to you? I actually was motivated to say that very much because of what Larry said last night and the, and that passage from Verghese that moved me so much. That, that heartfelt sense of, I'm sorry that this is happening, that can be held in equanimity. So maybe you'll make up your own phrases. I always like for one of my phrases, in addition to some version of I'm sorry, turns out to be everything that arises passes away. This too shall pass. May it pass soon. So we have 20 minutes, a little bit more to sit. I'd like to invite you to sit and do whatever practice you've been doing. Think about your own self. Wish yourself well. If you are struggling with anything, and I know that some people here have physical pain, and others mind pain and I hope not the pain that comes from uh, giving yourself a bad time about how you're practicing because that is actually extra and totally avoidable (laughs) suffering you don't have to do it everybody here gets an A That's worth one anecdote that you can remember forever. Jack used to tell the story of um, having the managers at a retreat say to him, how is so-and-so doing, having known that so-and-so had had a bad time in the beginning? And he said, so-and-so is great. And then they said, oh, really? Oh, good. How about how is so-and-so? How are they doing? He said, oh, they're great. 
And how about so-and-so? How are they doing? He said, they're also great. He said, Jack, what exactly do you mean when you say they're great? (laughs) He said, I mean they're still here. (laughs) So, so are you. And you are not doing it wrong because there's no doing it wrong. So skip all of that stuff, really. Wish yourself well, wish other people well. And then think of people that you know who are in some place of struggle and see what you, when you bring them to your mind, it's kind of bland to wish them well in a meta phrase. Let yourself really feel how you feel about them in their time of struggle. Let's do it. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.